TYA Talks, the podcast. Hi everyone, welcome to another episode of TTYA Talks. Um, As you know, I started this platform as a way to be able to connect successful women who I feel are pioneering within the creative industries. And today we're not only joined by someone who I find super inspiring, but someone I feel like, you know, is going to just drop the biggest bombs <laughs> of knowledge on us. And I'm I'm so excited to be able to speak to her. We're going to focus today on music management and, you know, just the lifestyle blessing of being a super mom. So um, without further ado, I'm super excited to welcome Monique Blake. Hi, how are you? Good. Thank you so much for taking the time to connect with us. I'm super excited to be able to get into it with you especially within the music industry because any way that we can champion for our sisters and bring more women into the industry as much as possible and highlight them I'm here for it so I just wanted to say thank you so much thank you for having me um I think who you are and 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 what you do both you know in front of the camera, behind, and the event, <laughs> and the just the way you, you know, plug away at um, making sure you're giving people good experiences, but then also connecting people, I think is really dope. So kudos to you too. Oh, thank you, sis. So let's start at the beginning. Let's get into it because <laughs> with all the guests, it's always nice. People love to hear the stories and like, you know, understanding how you got to this point. I think it's really important for us to show a journey because a lot of the time people see social media and they'll see highlights and they don't really understand some of the hard work that really goes into you getting to the successful place that you are at now. So let's kind of start at the beginning. I know you're kind of Canadian born, but Brooklyn raised, you know, mm-hmm. tell us about your heritage, tell us about your family, where you grew up, what you studied and you know how you kind of got into the industry. Totally. So, yeah, I was born in Canada. Um, my parents met. Uh, they had a little bit of a whirlwind <laughs> um, <laughs> meeting and, and fell for each other. And, um, yeah, born in Canada. My dad is Jamaican and my mom is Guyanese. And they did their one, too. And I showed up on the scene. And then, funny story, my mom was so adamant about um both myself and my brother having Canadian citizenship. So she, at the time, after um, living in Canada and I was being, and I was born in Canada, she was in America with my dad and mm-hmm. she was like, no, no, my baby's going to have Canadian citizenship too. And she packed up the car with me in the little basket. She always tells a story and says, <laughs> had, like real car seats at the time it was just like a bassinet on the back seat and um, drove back to Canada nine months pregnant just so she could have my brother there. So we both are true Canadian born babies. Um, but yeah, I mean, fast forward into the music space, like uh, music was never, music was in the house. My dad mm. was very much so a music guy and um, my mom loved music too. Like we were just going through some stuff here the other day and she still has so many records that I myself am like going through, picking out, um, ones that I like and hold on to. So music was in the house, but never necessarily pushed as career, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't even really know what that looked like, um, when I was young, what music, if you weren't an entertainer, so to say, just I didn't understand what that meant to be in the music business. And I kind of stumbled on it. You know, I used to faithfully read CD jacket and um, even cassette 
dating myself right now, but because uh, <laughs> I said that and I was like, ooh. But uh, yeah, and I would read and just see where people recorded because I knew I really liked music. Like um, I myself, I would put my little blank tape in and make my own tapes off the radio. Remember when you used to record songs from the radio and stuff like that? Yes. And, uh, you know, it had that like clicking in between songs because we tried not to catch the, the radio announcer coming back in to say- Talking it, yeah. <laughs> So I used to do that all the time and I really enjoyed music. And I was like, you know what? I want to get into making music. So a little more fun fact is I wanted to be a producer. I I didn't see any other space that um, I felt I could sit in comfortably. So my thought was, is if I work at the recording studio where they make music, then I'll be able to segue into being being able to make music. So I just called a bunch of studios here in New York. And then the last one I called, she said, hey, um, I remember I called on a Wednesday and she said, can you come in on Friday for an interview? And I was like, okay. And I went in Friday and she just explained that their um, receptionist quit and they were looking for someone and would I be interested? And I was like, sure, you know, because in my mind, I'm like, all right, great. I'm in. I'm By any means necessary. <laughs> let's go. Roll up the sleeves. Yeah. And I never forget, I started Saturday and nobody showed up for maybe about eight to 10 months. No one mm. showed up on Saturday. No one did anything. So I was like, mm, this isn't what I had in mind. Um, but yeah, that's that was my first intro into working in a music related space was recording studios. Okay, so like you said, your kind of your career started at Soundtrack Studios. Mm-hmm. What was kind of like that, not even the application process, because I know you said you just called up, but more just like, um, I know you said it. You mentioned that it didn't go the way you expected it to go because it was quite quiet in that period. So, what were some of the things that you kind of learned being in that position and the people that you were meeting? Yeah, I mean, it allowed me to better understand the roles and the positions that um, people played as it related to the music that I was listening to. So, I got to understand ARs did even just getting to meet. Um, other producers, as well as musicians and writers, and um, I mean, even down to assistant engineers. Sometimes they don't get the credit that they deserve, but they're just so pivotal in just allowing the sessions to flow and, and, you know, giving the engineers the support that they need to be the best engineers that the artists need to be able to capture what they're capturing. So just really getting to dive into all of the pieces that make that puzzle um, that allow for um, creatives to create. So it was a really, really good experience. And I know that kind of after Soundtrack, I know you moved to um, Electro Records, which is now Atlantic. And then you went to do internships at J Records, which is now RCA in the promotions department um, before moving into a full time position at J Records. What was five, well, some of the most valuable tools that you learned through interning? Because I think some of the impact of what this podcast is about is kind of like, like I said, showing journeys, but understanding that people think that you just go from A to Z, you know, I think there's so many steps that going in, but also so much value that just comes from interning and being around the roles that you want to do. What were some of the things that you learned being in some of those positions? I'll be honest, interning was probably one of the most valuable experiences that I got to do. Um, and I, I always encourage young people to intern because I feel like you never really know, you know, people go to school and they're like, oh, I'm going to be this. I want to be that. But I feel like you never really know what something is about until you actually do it. And if you can have the opportunity to 
um, experience a career or, or at least just get your feet wet in it um, before fully diving in and committing to. Like, I'll be honest, I went to school and I was I initially started school as a finance major because I just wow. you know, I was good with numbers and um, I like, you know, money. And mm-hmm. I. Minored- Don't we all <laughs> and I minored in international business because the thought was, is OK, I'm good with numbers. I want to handle money and I want to um, do it globally. So and I had a focus in um, uh, the Japanese culture. So I took up Japanese and I just had a plan. And then I had a computer class as part of my core curriculum. And I took that computer class and I walked out the first day and I was like, mom, I love computers. This is what I want to do. I want to be more visual and creative. And she was like, mm, no. <laughs> so I, um, I actually changed my major and didn't tell her. Um, and that's how I ended up at the internship at Electro was I was in their computer um, department and um, I was building websites for like Missy, Fabulous and all these artists. Um, and for us, social media at the time was literally us going in AOL chat rooms and saying, hey, mm. if you like such and such, you should check out, you know, Fab, or if you like this person, you should check out this. And that's how we were trying to engage with fans um, in what was developing itself into this new digital age um, at the time. So, yeah, I mean, interning was so valuable in that it just allowed me opportunity to really test out some things and then you know i figured out oh i don't really like this or you know what this is actually cool i never thought about this um but in terms of like takeaways like listening was so important um because you walk into these buildings and you don't know you know you think you know and you think you assessed what's going to be the case based on what people tell you but you don't know so even fast forward to today i you know listening is so important to me i could sit in rooms and not say a word. And it's not because I'm not interested, but it's because I'm taking in everything that's being said to see what I don't know. And then layer on my sauce. So what my um, knowledge or expertise, um, I would say, pay attention to who you're working with, their likes and their dislikes. And, you know, that's a good way too to be able to um, discern like what makes sense. You know, there was a lot mm-hmm. of learnings that I learned in interning that allowed me to make some better decisions as a was an older adult <laughs> um, <laughs> about who and what I who and what works well with me. Um, mm. I think sometimes we just take jobs because of the title or because of where it's at, and and don't factor in all of the other madness you could be signing up for because you're not paying yes. attention to who you're getting ready to work for, and it'll slow mm-hmm. you up. Yeah, you know, agreed. you could be in a situation like, oh, I work at this company or I have this title. But you live in a nightmare working with someone who doesn't want to see you grow. And you can mm. identify those um, traits and characteristics in people pretty early on. Yes, um, definitely. Well, you know, you six, seven years in, in a, at a company where you might be making some good money, but you're not doing what you, you know, hope to be doing. Who you're doing it for isn't nourishing or enriching you in a way to get you to that next place um, on your journey. And then you, at the end of the six years, when you just finally like, you know what, I'm going to take a break and take six months and travel, you, you looking back and going, sheesh, you know, could I have used that time differently if I had just yeah, got out that part of my decision making process um, with who I wanted to work with? Um, because I always tell people who you work with 
will also shape and mold where you go. Yes. Uh, because if they're in the driver's seat and you yourself are a passenger in that car, um, where they're headed, regardless of if you're going at the same speed or, you know, you're going to eventually get off, you're going to be going. Um, <laughs> same destination. Yeah. Exactly. In the same direction. Agreed. Yeah, for sure. And I know like you kind of touched upon it, but in the promotions department when you were there, like what were some of the ways that you kind of use that opportunity to or network organically? Because I feel like something that always comes up within the creative industry is grow your network, grow your network, grow your network. But I'm always, always screaming, grow your network, but grow it organically, like in a real way. And I know like some of the early ways I know you've said to me before was kind of just, you know, being in the club or like, you know, making sure that you're connecting with the DJs or we've standing some of those relationships what were some of the early ways in that you were promoting records or getting artists out there which now has helped you enrich your um your network yeah no i mean i'll even take a step back and say one of the things that intern taught me was to be open right because mm. i had come when i got to j records and um took the promotions internship i was coming from a computer internship at electra with a computer science major in school. So I had this kind of plan for myself. So when the position I had initially interned for, um, excuse me, interviewed for at J Records in their computer department wasn't available. Um, and this really became the pivoting point in my career. The, the woman in human resources, bless her heart. She said, you know, I really like you. You have a really great energy. Would you be open to interning in another department? Cause I think you'd be a really good fit here. And I was like, okay, I'm, I'm down. What are you thinking? And she's, she's the one who suggested promotions. I never walked in with the intent to work in the promotions department because at the time, all I knew as it related to promotion was, um, street teamwork and, mm. um, you know, that side of it, the more outward facing side. And she said the opening is in radio promotion, which was foreign to me. I didn't even understand what that meant. And that position actually allowed me the opportunity to learn and understand the radio business from probably one of the best radio um, promo people in the game, Ken Wilson. And we, I literally, literally learned radio A to Z in that opportunity. And from there I said, okay, I know I don't specialize in radio, but what can I do to add value to this position that I'm in and this department? And prior to that, I um, used to throw parties and events and fashion shows. And I knew a lot of the DJs and I would, I said, okay, I see a void here where I can actually leverage my relationships with all the DJs in the city and get them the records that were working in the office. So I would have to work, take our records and go and literally work them um, and get them in the hands of the DJs um, at the time. And that's kind of how me and Swiss, um, hit it off in the sense that he had his label at J Records full surface. And um, I would be out at the clubs and unfortunately it's not a female friendly space. So I would, mm -hmm. as I would be, you know, looking to get the guys to play the records, I'd usually have to wait till the end of the night or, you know, all of that. But then the other guys who were at other labels, um, shout out to Rich Dollars and Ron, that's how I know <laughs> And Ron and um, Nomad and those guys, we would, I would always have to, see them come up to DJ booth, they get their records played, you know, and I'm like, I've been sitting here this whole time. How are you going to play their records first? <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> and um there were a couple of nights where I'd be in the club and Swiss would walk in. I'd be like, Swiss, hey, so funny you're here, but I need your help. 
And he was like, yeah, what do you need? And um, I said, look, I have your records. At the time, we were working Cassidy and Mashonda and Young One and those guys. And look, I have the records. They're giving me a hard time. Come to the DJ booth. I need you to do your one-two. And we're going to get these records played. Um, records played. And he was like, all right, bet. Smart move. Smart move. <laughs> yeah. Look, you got to use your resources, right? Yes. Your- and it worked. And we did that once or twice. And I was like, listen, this is my schedule for the next couple of days. These are the clubs I'm going to hit. And he was like, all right, cool. If I'm free, I'm going to pop up. And he was, to this day, a man in his word. And he pulled up. And, you know, it it obviously helped in um, kind of removing that, you know, the the sex card in terms of like, mm-hmm. female male. Um, because now we were getting the records played. And, and you know, let's be honest. When the artist shows up, the love is different. And yeah, um, <laughs> so, yeah, so, so that's how I used what I knew in terms of who I knew um, on the DJ and the promoter side to leverage what I was doing in the office at, at um, J Records. And it really just helped kind of to build the relationship or the start of the relationship between Swiss and I, because he got to see how I worked um, to get the job done. Okay, okay. And you guys now have gone on to be like, obviously Swiss is a, you know, Grammy winning or Grammy award winning producer and artist. And you guys, you guys are business partners now and you kind of work heavily with him on his, on the business side of, of, with him. How did you guys, like you just said you, how you guys met, but how did that now, how did you transition that kind of tra- conversation from, yeah, I'm going to be at these clubs, pull up, <laughs> like you guys kind of initially having those kind of more friendship kind of building into now being like, okay, how did you make that a business relationship? How did you make that switch? Yeah. You know, one day I got a phone call, um, from someone on his team. Um, I think it was Yvette. Yeah, Yvette reached out to me and was like, hey, um, Swiss's assistant is leaving. Are you interested in coming over to work with us? And I'll be honest, at the time, I had just, I had interned maybe for like a year and a half at Electra, and then transitioned out from there over to Jay. And I was interning at Jay maybe for then for like a year. And um, the cool thing about how I did the Jay internship was, is aside from the work that I was doing in my own department, I would take it upon myself to really be cordial and friendly with a lot of the other executives. Um, and then when their assistants or department folk would need to take vacations, rather than them bringing temps, they would ask HR if I could come and cover their desk. Because a lot of times when you have these VPs and EVPs and you have people manning their line, when they're lead person is away and you bring in a temp, they don't know who's answering the phone. You know, yeah, Mr. Exactly. Davis called, Mr. Davis don't want to hear it. Good afternoon. You're calling. He knows who he's calling. <laughs> he knows he's yeah. <laughs> so the, fam- the familiarity um, in me being in the building and knowing people allowed me to temp in different departments when their assistants were out, which then allowed me to build relationships with a lot of those different executives and even fast forward to today there's people who knew me as an intern who i run into now and they're like wow that's all i can say is wow and i you know i'm always thankful um to those people who gave me a shot like they didn't have to allow me to set it sit at their desk um and answer their phones and allow me to be a part of their world for you know two three weeks at a time and so it all kind of just worked hand in hand and just allowing me to grow and evolve and but yeah, when, when Swiss, when Swiss's team gave me the call, I had just, by that point, my boss was fed up with everybody wanting me to come work in their department. So he <laughs> forced HR's hand to hire me. And within six months, I got that call from Swiss and I was like, oof, how's this going to go? You know, mm. you 
kind of, even though you're just interning, you become family with the people you work with for that long amount of time. And I was just like, you know, this is interesting. What do I do? And my mom wasn't trying to hear it. She was like, girl, you've been on this nipple of mine in my wallet for the last however many years you have a job now. You, know? <laughs> you need to focus. <laughs> my mom said focus. <laughs> I'm being all over the place and, you know, flowing in the wind. And I was like, but mom, you know, this is what I'm thinking. And I think for me, I just, I just know how I work. You know, when I'm in, I'm in and I go hard and, um, being able to see how I navigated through Jay and then got to a place where I was on Swiss's radar, I had to really ask myself, I was like, look, you know what you do. You know how well you do it. Give it a shot. If it doesn't work, you know, you're still young. You can reset and figure it out the way you've been Mm -hmm. figuring it out all this time. And I just took a chance and fast forward 15 years. Here we are. And as your role as kind of general manager for Swiss, what does that kind of entail? Like, what are some of your day-to-day duties, responsibilities, and how does being a general manager, I'm sure your fingers are dipped in so many pies, so how do you kind of manage all of that? Yeah, I mean, I always tell people with Swiss, no two days are the same because you just never know what's happening in that mind of his, hence versus. Um, (laughs) But, yeah, you know, that's one of the things I'm most grateful for in working with someone like Swiss is just that he um, allows for learning and growth in real time. You know, you get into mm-hmm. a lot of people get into a lot of positions where they you either have to show up knowing what you know and just apply that to the place you're doing it at to their benefit. And then there isn't much growth and elevation from there unless you get promoted into another position um, because you've proven that they can trust you in another area or at a higher um, level of responsibility. But with Swiss, it's it's really cool because, you know, I get to learn. Like every day I get to learn something. And um, the the amount of learning I've been able to do in the position that I'm in and, and growing at the same time, you know, starting in one place and now being in a position where, you know, you're in meetings and you're in rooms with people that sometimes you got to be like, how did I end up here? Or no way, or, you know, like even shocking to yourself. But, um, you know, in terms of like our days, like I'm usually up maybe six, seven o'clock just to get a head start on the day and just check in with all of our partners um, around the world like because we do business in so many different um, territories Um, and then once he's going you know just keeping up with him keeping up with where his mind is going the things he's thinking about um, things he wants to do you know we have a lot of responsibilities even separate from just work where um, he's very adamant and and in tune with maintaining um, involvement in his kids' lives, you know, picking up mm-hmm. the kids from school, taking them to activities. Um, that's one of the things that I, I highly respect Alicia for is that's a priority for us. You know, it's not mm-hmm. like when you get around to it because you have free time now. It's like, no, no, this is what needs to happen here. Yes, work is important too, but we're going to schedule around this. Um, mm-hmm. and, and we do. Um, and it allows me as a mom to also be able to carve out time for my own child because um the work that we do in these roles where we are so dedicated to other people sometimes forces us to um prioritize ourselves and our own priorities mm. in a different way um so i'm thankful that 
amidst of the learning that you get to do uh, professionally, that there is room and family is very high up on the on the list of things to prioritize as well. And what are some of the, your most favorite projects that you've executed through your career working with Swiss? Like, because I know, like, I know you. So I guess for me, it's just trying to show. I know, like, people think that sometimes, like, being a music manager is like managing day to day, or like being an artist, talent managers. There's more to it. Like, is it brand partnerships? I'm sure there's so many elements of stuff that you oversee. What are maybe some of your favorite projects that you've had to be um, to oversee that you've executed? Yeah, I mean, I think. Well, I'd say up until a few weeks ago, I was so in love with our no commission platform and what we do yeah. to artists and giving them the opportunity to create and share in a way that hadn't been done before. So we, um, Swiss had this idea while he was at, um, doing a, one of his programs at Harvard, um, where he wanted to create a space where artists could, um, sell their work and keep a hundred percent of the the sales, hence the name No Commission. And um we in developing the idea, we connected with Bacardi and they understood and they got it. And they then helped us to um build out these experiences where true to form artists were allowed to sell works and keep a hundred percent of the work. We kept nothing. We created the space, we built out the um all of the activations, hung the work I mean, just the logistics and learning and yeah. what it took to produce an art fair uh, was mind blowing. Um, but then also producing art fairs in around the world. Imagine doing events in countries where you don't speak the native language and you have a translator attached to your hip. And sometimes you don't have a translator and you have to hope and break down what you're saying. Wow. And, and yeah. get it. Um, so yeah, no commission was a lot of fun, but fast forward. We're having a really, really good time with Versus. And mm, I um, love it so much. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And I think the most precious thing about Versus, well, two of the most precious things for me about Versus is one, everything that people are seeing is real time for us too. We mm -hmm. literally day to day um, pour into what it is you guys get from us on a Saturday or whatever day we, we produce the event on. Um, but it's all real time, you know, like when, when things didn't go right with Teddy and, and Babyface that first time, that was real time mm -hmm. learning. <laughs> Imagine the phones going off and of course. playing and texting, like, what's happening? Why can't we what's hear happening? Echo? Yeah, of course. And then having to come off of that, regroup in real time, you know, and we're regrouping in the, with the thought that, okay, we're going to go, we're going to cut the cameras back on in the next 10 minutes. But then as we're having the conversation, Babyface makes a post and is like, you know, we're going to postpone it. We're like, shit, okay. <laughs> like navigate and then imagine hundreds of thousands, if not millions of people who have questions and then the memes start going and you're like, oh, mm -hmm. man. you know, because then you think about these are legends, you know, and they mm. have they have their own egos and pride around how they want to be presented and viewed. And so now the conversation is, is do you think Babyface is still going to want to do it? Do you think Teddy's going to be, mm. how he's going to feel, you know, with everyone saying what they're saying and while all still having to manage this baby brand that mm -hmm. we are in the process of building, you know, it wasn't mm -hmm. like it was something that was already, um, developed and it's like oh okay this one battle didn't happen moving on like we had to at that point protect the infancy of this brand but then also protect the integrity of these legends mm -hmm. who are 
participating in it, but then also protecting Swiss and Tim because they're also the ones who are leveraging relationships, you know, sticking their neck out and, and putting their brands on the table to then build verses on. So it was just a lot mm-hmm. of, a lot of pieces, um, to factor in while still trying to continue on and, and, you know, versus is real. You know, when you hear echoing and sound bits and whatnot, that's real. And there's now a team behind the scenes who are like scrambling. What's the wire? We need a plug. The battery's dying. Like there's a lot of um, things that go into to creating it, but it's fun. You know, it's yeah. It's- I feel like it's nice to see the organic side of it. Like people know, it's just like you. You when you start something from 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 the from the jump, people people have been able to see it grow in terms of you know usership and the numbers are going up, but also the stress goes up too. <laughs> yeah. So people are able to really see the authenticness behind it, and even just a pairing up of just like thinking about who you guys forward planning and there's so much that I can just only imagine happens behind the scenes I think one of my favorite obviously one of my favorite is you know Erica Badu and Jill Scott was (laughs) incredible but I love T-Pain so even just seeing his his relationship with little John and how the two of them now seems like they're BFFs you know (laughs) now they're like let's do this let's do that so even just seeing how the industry is kind of just coming together through this time and just like being able to curate now as a unit and I always say that you know especially for our community for the black communities that enough we don't come together enough and work together enough so even seeing this now is inspiring and encouraging like the next gen to be like wow like this is so incredible in times of hardship we're still blossoming you know and it's great like you know if you think about like the teddies and the baby faces and eric and jill you know we know the names but like when you talk about their catalogs like it's not at the forefront of the conversation unless you're like a fan fan you know so even this morning I was going through a recap report that one of our team members sent um, just to track, you know, stats because we there's a, a, a runway leading up to the battle where we really hone in and like really get people engaged and, and excited about the battles to come. But then there's a post battle window where we actually get to see the results of the battle. So you're seeing, you know, streaming of some records are streaming at 220% increase than the week before. And it's just like, wow, you know, and even the conversations that are happening between a lot of the younger artists and some of the artists from our battles around working together. And just, it's, it's really, really, and it's been a great opportunity to, to just shine some light on and just get people excited about music again in a different way, you know, because even producing events virtually is different. You know, you, there is no, okay, even if you're producing virtually, you're usually producing virtually to then be in the room to then give it to the people, but you're producing it all the way through. You know, my friend hit me last week, like 10 minutes before, and he was like, you're good. And I was like, I'm about as good as I'm going to be. Like I said my prayer and just <laughs> kind of had a hope it's everything gonna... works. Exactly. <laughs> you know, it's like, exactly. you could prep all week and then the one thing we were really nervous about going into last weekend was, is can everybody get in the room? You know, because we saw prior to that there was a lot of people not being able to get in and there was, um, you know, but again, in fairness, to involved, yeah, that's like stuff out of your control. That's so much that you can no control. One, yeah. No one would have ever imagined one. We knew people were showing back up because the first one didn't happen, but we didn't know yeah. at what volume. We didn't know, you know, 
we just weren't ready and we weren't prepared. So that was one of the things we focused on going into Jill and Erica because it was our first women's one. And because we knew how many people were excited about it being the women's one and being them in particular, that we just had to make sure everything was tight. And thankfully it all worked out. Shout out and to did like, that involve maybe conversations with Instagram direct just to make oh sure to see how, yeah, of course, how Every it can day. all just be amplified as much as possible. Yeah, every day. I mean, much love to Fadia and Adam and Perry and the team over there and those guys who really, you know, were like, look, we know everyone is coming to you. We know everyone's offering you loads of money, but just stick with us and give us a shot. You know, give us another shot. And um, it worked. You know, can't yeah. even fault to any, like, it worked. You know, and and I think in that, it just, we just had to learn to be still for a second because in that moment coming out of the, um, coming off of the baby face and teddy battle, we could have made a move, you know, mm-hmm. we could have made a move and, and gone anywhere and done anything. But, um, I think there's a, a uniqueness about versus that people appreciate in its, in its most raw form, you know, mm-hmm. people actually like seeing it there, you mm-hmm. know, they, they, they enjoy it how they enjoy it. Um, so even that is a conversation is, is, you know, should we decide to make a change? And if we do, how do we comfortably do that for people so that they're not, you know, feeling some type of way? Because that's the other side of it. Right. Mm-hmm. So it's 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 definitely probably one of my most enjoyable projects now because of what it's it's expanding us. It's teaching us in real time. We're learning and um, it's fun because it's still music at the core, you know, good music, too. Excellent music. What are some of like maybe some of the business tips that you would give and advice? Because I think, you know, working in, in, in a role like yours, like I've said previously, is that there are probably so many, your fingers are in so many pies, whether it be like, you know, speaking to Instagram one day or diary management or like, you know, making sure that you guys are forward planning. What are maybe some of the business elements that, you know, tips that you would give to anyone who's interested in following your path? Um, I mean, one of the one things I always tell people is be kind and be respectful. Um, because you just never know who's going to be at the other end of your email or your phone call and where they're headed at any point. You know, like I'll give you an example. Like Fadia, I met Fadia when she was, I want to say she was at Complex and we've known each other for years. No one could have ever told me that fast forward, we'd be on the phone every other day working on this platform, you know, while in a global pandemic. No, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but had I not, at minimum, and I always tell people, being kind and respectful at minimum should just be just where it is. Standard, um, yeah. Yeah, period. Um, you know, we at least had that foundation where there was just a certain base level of respect there, which then folded into where we are now, where we could be on the phone and talk about her being an amazing chef. And just like, I remember one time we had a call and she was like, oh, before we get into this, can I just say I'm tired. I'm tired too. I'm tired And just being, mm-hmm. allowing people just to, you know, just be. Um, and I think another thing for me as I've learned is like, you know, don't think, don't take things personal. You know, like a lot of, I, I speak to so many different energies in one day and there was a time where I would allow every single thing from every single person to stick to me. And by the time I got to my eighth or ninth phone call, or even by the time I got to my child, I was projecting stuff that mm. had no business 
even being stuck to me. Once I hung up that phone, it should have stayed right on that conversation. Stayed there. Mm-hmm. You know? um, and just being able to separate between just everything has been one of the things that I have, I really had to sharpen. Um, just because, you know, there's, I could have one person calling me trying to get an answer and they'll call me 10 times a day and they'll call and be like, I'm sorry to keep calling. I'm like, you don't have to apologize. I understand this is your priority. Um, and it's okay. You just need an answer, you know, and, um, just understanding that everybody's focusing on what they're focusing on. It just so happens that they all want something from us and, um, trying to get back to people as quickly as can, as I can. And, um, with answers, even if it's a no, um, I'm so respectful of people who can tell me no when they, when, as soon as they know, so I can plan accordingly. So I've learned to, in return, look, you know what, now it's not going to work for us or, you know, this isn't a good fit for us. Let's definitely mm-hmm. keep chatting and figure out when we can reconnect or find something that works. Um, that's been a good tip for me. I'd say another one is don't pretend to know what you don't know. Um, it's okay mm-hmm. to ask them because you can actually cost yourself the project, just a whole bunch of things, more time than necessary by just being upfront with saying, I'm not familiar with that. Um, is there someone you recommend or, you know what, give me a, give me a day or so. Let me dive into that and come back to you, um, with some feedback and research. Um, cause it's just not something I specialize in. Um, and I think people respect that. Um, cause I think, I know for me, I've been in situations where I have lost time in, relying or trusting on people who claim that they did something because you know everybody's smoking mirrors until you really get into it right mm-hmm. <laughs> everything is yeah 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 and then you get in you like oh no 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 right <laughs> um, uh, and that's not to say that they can't do it but it just may not be in the way that you were looking to have it done um mm. and that's still giving people their just doing respect it's just not how you envisioned it. So then it's a matter of, do you just scrap and go find someone who's going to do it the way you like, or do you, you know, do you then work with who you are already working with and who you've already invested time into and say, okay, I like where you're going. This is what I had in mind. How do we segue into that? And then give them the the room and the breath to, to take what you're saying in. That's if they can, Mm because some people have a hard time with receiving information and then being able to process and um, take another go at something. Um, but yeah, you know, like those would be um, some tips and be genuine. Genuine is, mm-hmm. is so important. Um, people can sniff it when it is and when it's not a mile away. Um, I suggest traveling and keep evolving, you know, keep developing your skills. Um, Never assume you know everything about anything um, and be open to um, learning so that you can continue to grow. And I know like this is kind of like a kind of typical question, but I think it is definitely important, in, particularly in the field that you work that you work in. Um, have you had maybe any setbacks being a woman working in the music industry? Because it is, let's be honest, a heavily dominated male industry. Like maybe what tips could you give to any females who are looking at following in your footsteps, which often get overlooked? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I always tell women to trust that they are where they are supposed to be. You know, don't, there's so much mind chatter. I then talk myself out of believing or thinking that I'm supposed to be where I am or where I've worked hard to get to. Um, so just be confident in knowing that where you are is where you're supposed to be. Is it going to change anytime soon and level out? We can all wish for it, but I just think it is what it is. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I myself, I've definitely been in situations where 
I've been in the room and, you know, people will come in and they'll have their combo and chit chat. And, you know, they, for whatever reason, sometimes because you're the female and they, they don't necessarily assume your role, um, which isn't a bad thing, but, mm-hmm. but then also it's interesting how people treat you when they don't know who you are. Mm-hmm. Um, versus when they find out who you are and what you do for what you do and who you do it for, mm-hmm. how the energy changes. Um, and for me, I, I usually don't lead with what I do and who I do it for. It's usually someone next to me going, girl, you know who that is? You know who she worked with? Like, and then like, oh, great. This is about to shift. Um, because then, you know, it's either someone is trying to sell you at that point or, mm-hmm. um, you know, they, opportunists. Yeah, of course. Yeah. 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 And which is fine. I mean, we, mm-hmm. everybody's looking to get to the next place and the next level or, in, in what it is that they're doing. But, um, again, there's something, at least for me, there's something in, um, that just genuine knowledge of just not knowing for a second and just seeing mm-hmm. what it is we can connect on. And then I feel like everything else will layer on and just work, you know, if it was supposed to work. Um, but again, that, that works for me. It doesn't work for other people. There are some people who I know who are solely based on titles, who are solely based on position, who really don't have conversation with people they do not feel can benefit them and it's gotten them to where they are. And so be it, but, um, that, that doesn't work for me. I, yeah, from a human level, it doesn't work for me. So I, yeah. I, I don't function that way. And I try and be the hardest thing for me sometimes is just getting back to everyone. Um, mm. but, um, I do try and I always tell people if I don't respond right away, it's not because I'm ignoring you, please hit me again. Um, cause there's so many things that I'm literally, I, I mean, I go through thousands of emails a day. I'm so, Can you imagine? like, <laughs> I'm one of those people who I, I don't go to sleep until my inbox is at zero, you know, like legit. Um, so I, I do always encourage people if I haven't gotten back to you, I just may either still be processing how I'm going to respond or I may have literally opened the email, then the phone rang and then I got up and then just got distracted. So no, that's me. Um, Classic. Yeah. <laughs> and then something will pop up in the whatsapp i'll click the whatsapp and never get that's, it. and then that's it yep i'm and the same i'm the same like, oh, damn you know then you're trying to reframe up what you were trying to say the first time so it doesn't look like you ignored them type thing but yeah yeah so, well management is, is is always something that's clearly like ever-changing culturally as well and monetary i think even seeing now while being on lockdown, like how you guys have culturally, sh- you've shifted the culture, virtually shifted the culture. Um, is there anything that you think that you've done in regards to personal personal development, just to make sure that you're keeping up with the ever-changing world of things that the way that they're shifting? Yeah, I mean, I, for me, I, I read a lot. Um, I try and have conversations with people who I wouldn't normally have conversation with, just so I can always have different perspectives um, on things and about things. Um, and the the one that just doesn't fail me is I pray, you know, like mm. I just, I pray that I can, um, you know, stay open and, and like just really allow myself um, the room to, to learn and just be, be available. You know, I think a lot of times when we get into these positions and get into these titles and, and levels in our career, um, 
we just stop asking for room to grow. Um, yeah. we, we stop looking for it because we feel like, yeah, I'm here. I made it, you know, but what happens if that company changes? What happens? God forbid, you know, your client makes a decision in another direction that doesn't involve you. Then what? You know, because mm. your entire being and livelihood um, bottled up in this one thing. You know, I've seen mm. so many amazing people, amazing just people in general, like not based on what they do, who get so lost in their title and the company that they work for. And when they, you know, the company downsizes or they get laid off or something just changes or shifts, even right now in the pandemic, um, mm-hmm. seeing how so many people who are just so wrapped up in their career don't even know what to do to begin with being a, by themselves at home. Mm-hmm. Like their whole life was based on going to the office, seeing a friend, being in the, you know, and it's just like, they're just like- Going, stopping. going, 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 yeah. going, going, yeah. going. Yeah. And sometimes that nonstop can really um, create this illusion of what's really going on. You know, I had a friend tell me the other day, she's like, yo, I've been home for like, it's going on two months now. And I'm just starting to get into a rhythm with myself. And I'm like, damn, just think it took you being home for two months, not necessarily home and not working, but just being home for two months to get into a rhythm with yourself. We were not in a rhythm with ourselves. We were in a rhythm with what was being created outside of our homes. Yeah. You know, yeah, facts, facts only. And I think loads of us have had a lot of time to kind of reflect on that and adjust our what's important to us now. Even me, similar, like even just that how kind of going, going, going lifestyle. Now you pause. You're just like, okay, what's really important to me? What's my legacy going to be? What do I want to leave behind? Like, what change do I really want to see in myself? But also, what difference do I really want to make within my community? You know, I can keep going and going and going and flying up and down and vibes in what. You know, you got to you start to think that actually there's no party that I haven't really been to and there's no event that I haven't really my foot hasn't entered, you know. So yeah. you know, what's actually next? What's really next, I the night, really having the time to kind of be by myself and really think about that. And even with you, I'm sure you've got bigger more coming off the subject of business, but like I love your social media hand handle, like Megan's mom and like, you know, you touch on like what you want to kind of implement into your daughter a little bit earlier, but you know, how was that even work shift experience? And do you ever kind of suffer from mom guilt? Like, you know, how do you kind of make sure that you activate a really good work life? I mean, it's hard, you know, again, prayer and just not beating myself up when I can't do everything. You know, I've been blessed with such an amazing daughter in the sense that she's so understanding and is actually rooting for me. She's literally your twin. <laughs> <laughs> literally your twin. Mm-hmm. She's beautiful. Sometimes too much, because I got sometimes I got a little mouth on me and she be coming back at me with things. I'm like, wait a minute. Who are you talking to? And then I have to look at her finesse this so it doesn't come across the wrong way to the outside. Mm-hmm. But um but yeah, I mean, the balance is hard. Mom guilt all the time, you know, um, even thinking about post lockdown and what she has gotten used to during lockdown and being around mm. the for seven and what that's going to be like, you know, if and when I do need to start picking back up and moving around again. And um, but yeah, it's not easy. You know, it's really, mm. really not easy, but she's very understanding and thank God for technology. You know, we, we FaceTime every day if I'm on the road or, um, you know, we do homework and things like that. And then when I'm home, I make sure I'm very much intentional about the time that I spend with her. So 
Mm-hmm. I make sure I take her to school every morning. There are certain days I can't pick her up because I, um, I'll have meetings and stuff, but drop off is always, um, is non-negotiable. Um, mm-hmm. and she looks forward to that time. And I look forward to knowing that she's looking forward to that 12 minute ride to school and her picking her song <laughs> and telling me about TikTok dances and the drama, <laughs> and all of that stuff. And, um, you know, and when I can, I travel with her. You know, she loves London too. She's been asking, when are we going back home? Oh, and, yay. Um, yeah, she loves to travel. And, you know, I, I'm, I hope that, um, of all of this that she takes away and knows that it's all for her, you know, and, mm. and um, understands that the time away is, is solely around um, creating um, a future for her that will hopefully eventually allow me to slow down and um, be there for her um, more. Um, but yeah, you know, the, the, the only thing I ever tell myself is just don't beat yourself up. You know, mm. being able to to do things or do everything, and I have an amazing network of um, family and friends, and she has a, a large slew of uncles and aunts who who hold me down. You know, I mm. I can't make it to the play. There's the group chat. All right, guys, I'm away for the next seven days. This is Meg's schedule. Um, let me know what you guys can can get involved in, and they show up. Amazing. Yeah, you know, so I'm, I'm thankful for that as well. So. And obviously now we're living in, like you just said about TikTok, we're living in a very digital age and having a daughter, like what are some of maybe some of the most important values that you really want to make sure that you transfer over to her and make sure she's kind of culturally aware of? Mm-hmm. Definitely to respect herself. Um, you know, respect, I'm always just kind of pointing things out to her because I think for children, they don't notice what we notice, right? Obviously, mm. what we've experienced. So there's things that I'll just point out to her and um, just so that she can be mindful of and to the point now where sometimes she's pointing out things to me that I've pointed out to her for me and like, oh, mom. And I'm like, oh, okay, you've been paying attention. You're, You're listening. listening. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, definitely respecting herself and, um, just always reminding her that how beautiful she is, how smart she is, you know, cause I think us, con- us implementing that, that, um, narrative into our children's minds early, um, allows for hopefully less, of the other stuff to come into play and other opinions to shape and mold how they view themselves, you know? Mm. Um, so yeah, just wanting to make sure that she's, um, padded up strong for that world when she gets out there and mommy's not around. Oh my God, that's so incredible. And I think even for me now, I've always been like thinking, okay, what's next steps for me? Because I'm not, I don't have any kids yet, but like, it's definitely something that I do want. Um, but also it's just like, how is that aligning again now, having time to think about with what it is that is important to me, you know, because before it's like, you, that we spoke about, like working hard and going up and down and chasing dreams, but also it's just like, okay, but what foundations do I also want? Do I want a family? Do I want kids? Mm-hmm. Like what else is kind of important to me? Um, and I know you kind of say, saying that you, with traveling and stuff, how do you kind of manage long hours? Because I can, I am similar to you in that, you know, when you're kind of in it, you don't really think about it. But then some, when you, when you're, when you're talking to your friends who are not in creative, you're like, wow, I actually don't know how I manage all of these hours. Yeah. Um, I think with the long hours is just making sure I, 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 I'm someone who needs a little bit of a checklist 
because I'm also a dreamer and a thinker and I'll get lost in my thoughts. And, you know, and then I'm also being pulled in different directions and, you know, with different people. So, you know, I just try and um, keep short lists on things that I want to make sure I take care of and knock out. And then, you know, the long hours, uh, it's one of those things you can't get away from or avoid. But I, even in those hours, I try and make sure I also carve out time for myself, you know, because mm. I'm still a woman and I'm, you know, you, you want to date, you want to marry, and you want to do all those things. Mm. So just finding time to not think about work and get to know other um, other people and, and, you know, explore <laughs> dating and life and, of course. and all that good stuff. So what's next to kind of round it all up now? What's next? Um, well, what are you allowed to tell us? I should say. I, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say. Um, well, definitely keep watching verses. That in itself is going to, um, God willing, continue to grow and and just really be a force. Um, Swiss has some amazing things coming up as well, and excited. Um, for everything that you guys are going to get to see. Um, and then all my other projects, um, my, uh, my little angel baby, Cosima, who's from, uh, England or London. Uh, well, she would say from Peckham. Um, she's we're working on her project now and, and really. Excited. I love her. Me and her were, I met her last year in Paris. Mm-hmm. We basically were in a Jordan campaign together. And we were in the hotel, funny fun fact, we were in the hotel and I'd got there early and the dinner wasn't like until the evening. So I said, oh, let me just go to the gym. And then literally this gym was the size of probably a bathroom. Like it was tiny, <laughs> like everything was squeezed in. And it was only me and Cosima that was in the gym. And I just remember thinking, oh, she's really pretty cool. Then fast forward to the dinner, we're sat next to each other. And then we end up being in this big Jordan campaign together. And Ever since then, it's like, I love her so much. She's one of the most talented, refreshing new artists to come. And I can't wait to see like what she's going to unleash on the world because she's absolutely incredible. She's so, so, so incredible. And I mean, whew, yeah, that's all I'll, I'll leave it at that and I'll allow, yeah. <laughs> allow the world to, to discover her, but she is absolutely amazing. Um, and then my artist here in the States, Janaya, she's going to, do some some good stuff um but yeah just really excited about being able to create and work with some amazing amazing people i'm I'm, I'm looking forward to the next couple years and um, what those look like and if anybody wanted to find you on social media i know i touched upon your instagram handle earlier but yeah what are your socials where can people reach you at (laughs) <laughs> well, um, uh, my page is private, um, just because I'm, um, so don't cry, don't break. <laughs> <laughs> but I will, I will plug all of my, I call them my babies. Obviously, Swiss's handle is the real Swiss, three Z's, T-H-E-R-E-A-L-S-W-I-Z-Z-Z. Um, Cosima is C-O-S, the number one, M-A. And then Janaya is, um, I-M, A-M, Janaya, J-A-H-N-Y-A. Um, so yeah, check them out and any and all things they're doing, you'll nine times out of 10 see me at. And, um, yeah, I can't wait to get back over to London and give you lots of hugs and, and, um, say hi to everybody because I, I miss y'all dearly. Oh, uh, sis, I just wanted to say, honestly, thank you so much. I, 
I know, like, quick, another fun fact. I know we met, we met at Swiss's, um, Bailey Launch's shoe collaboration. And, you know, we have so many mutual friends, but just seeing you is just such a breath of fresh air. Like, every time I see you, sometimes I'm even calling you, like, oh my God, this is happening. What do you think? But you're always on hand to kind of give me advice and, you know, again, it's always about the vibes that I feel like people put out and your vibe is always so incredible. Like you've always welcomed me with open arms and I've always felt that I've been able to come to you and be honest with you. So mm-hmm. I just want to say one, thank you, because time, I think within this space is something that we've realised is just not promised to us. So thank you mm-hmm. so much for giving me your time and just dropping some gems. And hopefully, you know, it's so important that, you know, the next generation of girls sees us and understands that you know, we're creating these spaces, we're having those uncomfortable conversations. We are a majority of the time the only, you know, woman of colour in that space, but we know we're doing it for a reason to kick down those doors, kick down those barriers so that we can pass on the baton and the next gen can just come through and just completely just KO it. So I just wanted to say, honestly, from the bottom of my heart, I really appreciate you and thank you so much for your time. Oh, thank you for having me. You know, I I, I always joke and say, because I'm like, terribly shy i'm like oh if anybody would have told people <laughs> want to talk to me i'd be like oh cringe but um i love it you know and i love de- being able to share because i'm i'm now learning and understanding that a lot of what i've gone through and can now comfortably speak on um is helping others so however i can do my part um is for sure the goal so until next time, we'll definitely we'll be catching up soon for sure. And when we ca- when it is safe for us to travel, I'm yeah. sure we'll see each other very very soon. But thank you so much. All right, love you, honey. All right, my angel. I'll speak to you soon. Thank Bye. you. Bye. And that's been TTYA Talks on Music Management. So, yeah, stay tuned, guys. I'm Irene TTYA. Catch me on all my platforms, Irene TTYA. TTYA Talks, thank you. 